Hello, everyone. This is John Otterstead and Bobby Darren for a very special edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. We're not going to keep you long today. We just want to get right into the heart of the matter, kind of provide a little bit of a bridge between everything you've read today about the Greg, Greg Schiano situation and the stuff that's going to be coming out over the next few days, because I can guarantee you that more information is going to come out, not only on, as to what went wrong with the Schiano search and the whole uh, hiring situation, but also where Rutgers is going to be going in the future. So, Bobby, really quickly, just give me your initial thoughts when you heard that things went south with Greg Schiano. Well, you know, I wasn't completely surprised because things started going south about a week ago, and you could kind of see that trend. But, you know, they started out this coaching search with a a an athletic director who didn't want to hire Greg Schiano from the beginning. So the more it played out, the more he could kind of maneuver and, and do what he had to do to kind of not get Greg hired. So when, when you start out with, with someone who doesn't want someone there in the first place and you give them an ample amount of time and, and, and maneuverability, uh, it didn't surprise me that, that he wound, out, wound up um, not hiring Greg. This entire search was dysfunctional to begin with because, as you said, Pat Hobbs was not a big Greg Schiano fan spanning back years. Uh, many people have told us that they had interactions with Pat, and not horrible interactions, but just there where it was pretty clear that he didn't see the value that Greg Schiano offered to the Rutgers community, um, thought perhaps he was a little bit overhyped, um, overvalued. And that played out here where I actually am surprised that this process got as far as it did at points, given the fact that Greg was walking into a situation where he was not the top choice by the athletic director. There is an outgoing president who he himself is not overly committed to athletics. And um, just a whole lot of uh, question marks surrounding this Rutgers program. So once things started to stall over that past week, Brian Doan on the roundtable VIP message board started saying that uh, his, what do you say, his outlook went from uh, like he thought it was going to happen until it was a little cloudy and then less than cloudy. And sure enough, uh, I held on some hope. You didn't. Brian didn't <laughs> hold much. And in the end, you guys were right. Well, it went from cloudy to murky to, you know, it didn't uh-huh. happen. And it's a shame because this is who the fan base wanted. This is who the players wanted. This is who the former players wanted. Players now, you're going to see players start to transfer out because a lot of people were, you know, a lot of players on the team were holding out that that Greg was going to be the guy. And now that it's not, you know, you're going to start to see some names popping up in that transfer portal. And, you know, it's, it's just a shame because, you know, we saw what Greg did the first time around. And how he turned the program around. And now, you know, Pat Hobbs didn't see that. He didn't see what he went through. And I, I think he needs to put his ego aside and really listen to the people who were there and, and, and were on the, uh, the ground and, and, and saw how Greg changed the program. And, and he's a guy that could restore respectability right away to this program. Uh, you know, bringing somebody else, you're rolling the dice, and they could slip deeper into that basement. You know what? I just as you were talking before I loaded up this Ryan Hart tweet and Ryan Hart former Rutgers quarterback responded to Eric Legrand he said E we should talk in the morning I have a few ideas they need to hear our voice and he copied the McCourty twins Kenny Britt Brian Leonard uh, Harmon Teal Westerman on that one and I have no idea what these guys could do but obviously it's going to be a little on the pressure side um, letting Pat Hobbs know he made a mistake with Greg Schiano here and, uh, you know, I had a chance to uh, talk to Ryan Hart on the sideline recently. And, you know, it was a very brief interaction, but he insinuated to me, he goes, hey, 
if this goes where it's going, you're going to, you know, they'll see a lot more of me here. And uh, I got the sense that he was excited about where, you know, things could go with, with Greg at the helm, as were so many people, mm -hmm. which is why I think this was pretty surprising what happened today. I mean, everybody was excited that you talked to because it meant restoring Rutgers. And people who don't really follow the program, who knew Rutgers from a national perspective, said, you know what, Rutgers could could get back to respectability. Greg Schiano is a name they recognized. He's a guy who's been successful. He's a guy who coached in the NFL, coaches at Ohio State. Was, he's won at Rutgers. He would restore respectability right away, and I think that would translate onto the field. You know, it's I, I, this is, I, I think that since Pat wasn't here, he didn't see what Greg had to do to overcome all that you have to overcome to win at Rutgers, and you mm -hmm. and I have talked about it so much in the past that to win here is unlike in most places because you have a state, a set of high school recruits, uh, fan base, everything that's really not on par in terms of commitment to the state university as you see in other places. And you need somebody who can combat that. And Greg was able to do that in a way that I hadn't seen before. And in you know, to I saw him like I had mega flashbacks of Greg the other day when I was at Rutgers and I was talking to different people in the high school coaching community and beyond other people who do various combines, training, uh, different events. Um, and people were telling me that they'd talked to Greg in recent weeks and Greg was calling them. And I, the, 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 I guess the tone was that he was just blistering one question after another asking about the minutia of New Jersey high school football and recruiting and recruits and things that their people's experiences being around the Rutgers games, Rutgers recruiting events, what was going on, what, what needed to be fixed. Um, you know, some talk that he might not have been overly committed to taking this job is just asinine because he was doing what Greg does best, which is attack something from all angles and, I think that's going to really be hard to replicate. I don't think that other people can't win at Rutgers, but it takes someone, a very special someone, to overcome everything that you have against you when you're coaching at Rutgers. And Greg knows knew what he was up against, and he was attacking it already before he even had the job. Um, it makes it a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, and you know, like you said, you've been there, you know, longer than I have, and and saw everything from ground zero, and saw everything you did, and it goes beyond just the X's and O's. It's marketing, it's promoting, it's fundraising, it's 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 everything. It's attention to detail that you wouldn't believe, and, and Greg is that guy who can get it done, and. You know, for them to just let them walk, there's not going to be a lot of a lot of happy campers um, this week. We were walking past the Hale Center the other day in the bushes, and look, at the place was fine. It was clean, but, you know, some caution tape had blown into there, and somebody who I was with looked up at me and said, Greg will get that. <laughs> and you and I both know that he would have, because right before a game, if recruits were coming, his coaches would have been outside with garbage bags picking up garbage if they had to, because Greg's the kind of guy who would say, hey, somebody looks in the bushes and sees – ripped up caution tape laying in there, you know, that could dissuade them, you know, could give them a bad thought about Rutgers and mm -hmm. he'd fix that. And that's the attention to detail that's needed to fix everything that's wrong with this program. And by this week, you know, Pat Hobbs and, and the board of governors not 
hiring Greg Schiano, it, it shows a lack of commitment to excellence on their part. Like, you know, they're, they're not willing to to meet the status quo to, to win in the Big Ten. Uh, I think it sends a message to everyone where they stand with the football program. You know, we're going to have some more information in the coming days. Brian Doan's going to kind of give us a little recap of what he feels went wrong. Some things are starting to come out there, but I still think not – Every side has spoken. We haven't quite heard the full picture, but let's talk about where we have very early on in this process. Um, Last week, I reported that there was uh, a little bit of a standoff over the length of the contract, if you recall. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. That appears to be correct. Um, Gentleman by the name of Ted Sherman, NJ Advanced Media, posted a lot of the terms of the contract. And we're going to get back, or like at least the proposed, what he found out from a source. But um, I believe Greg was asking for eight years, according to this article. Um, mm-hmm. And Rutgers was offering six at $4 million a year. Um, and so that definitely was that sticking point I was talking about last week. I'd heard seven, which kind of makes sense. Probably uh, the person who had gotten that information kind of split it down the middle. Um, there's also some talk about the st- a little bit of a standoff over money for assistance and support staff. I get the impression mm-hmm. that Greg's demands were met in terms of what he wanted for himself. Maybe not mm-hmm. for the length of the contract, but he was pushing for some more guarantees for assistance and support staff. And I know you've said it before. Um, there's a big difference in what some of these programs that Rutgers competes with, uh, what they're offering people to be their analysts and uh, where Rutgers is, you know, often pulling in high school coaches for some of these positions. Yeah. And, you know, they need that support staff and it's what you need to be successful. You look at Butch Jones as a, as a candidate. He interviewed for the job. What's Butch Jones's job now? He's an offensive analyst at Alabama. You know, Rutgers doesn't have <laughs> former head coaches on their staff, let alone as an analyst. So you look what it takes to be successful at a program like Alabama. It's not just Nick Saban. It's, you know, the entire staff that comes along with it that he's been able to build that program because he had the resources. And Greg's needs those resources to be successful. And what he's asking for is not, you know, ludicrous. It's not out of the realm of what should be expected. Um, It just shows a lack of commitment. And, you know, let's be honest, Pat Hobbs didn't want Greg Schiano from day one. And the longer it plays out the longer he can talk to the Board of Governors and convince them that an investment in this is not the right way to go. Um, and that looks like that's what happened. You know, Talking about just that funding for assistance and stuff, just look at Ohio State. Ohio State last year had Kevin Wilson as their offensive coordinator, who is arguably more qualified than a lot of the people Rutgers is now looking at to be their head coach, right? He was did an amazing job turning uh, Indiana around and led some unbelievable offenses there. Granted, he was let go for some, you know, for cause. <laughs> but um, then you had Greg Schiano as the defensive coordinator, who once again was qualified to be other teams' head coaches. So that's right. just at your coordinator positions. And they have Urban Meyer at the top. They have unbelievable assistance below that. And if you don't have the, the, the money for assistance and support staff – if you get someone in who's good, you're going to lose them. And we all know, I mean, Rutgers in the past has had trouble not only attracting qualified assistant coaches, but keeping them. So probably saying a whole lot to just say it was probably a good fight to have. Right. And look at look at what that statement says, too, about 
the next head coach, all right, we're not going to hire Greg Schiano. Who are you going to hire? Um, it's going to be a guy that's going to come in and say, look, these, these guys aren't really committed to winning football. So what up and coming coach is going to risk their career on that um, if they can get another you know, comparable job? Um, why would you take that chance on an organization or at a university where the administration and athletic department are not completely aligned with uh, the head football coach? Right. And then this whole the, the issue with the practice facility, the indoor practice facility. Now, I can mm-hmm. see that being a difficult hurdle when you're trying to negotiate this kind of, you know, in the middle of, of the school year here and trying to get, you know, Greg was trying to get that in writing that they'd commit to that. And I guess they couldn't. I'd heard some uh, scuttlebutt coming from the game the other day from some people talking, saying that there are some uh, academic buildings that are. Um, from the board of governors side were a bigger priority and not that they didn't want to build the facilities that Greg wanted, but they didn't want to commit to it in writing in the time frame that he wanted it. This is mm-hmm. something that's going to come out probably in the coming days a little bit more, but um, you know, definitely uh, uh, I can see that one being something that would have required a lot of negotiation there. And it'll be interesting to find out how they finally left that one. And look, I'm, you know, in knowing Greg, I don't think he would have taken the deal off the table if there was not a writing commitment that he would get a new practice facility. I mean, he's put a lot of time and effort into this, um, you know, potential match of coming back to Rutgers. So uh, I don't see that as being the, the deal breaker. But uh, it's just a, a poor part on Pat Hobbs and the Board of Governors. And and I think you're really going to see a lot of um fallout from this with the fan base pat hobbs is is not a person that i would want to be this week at a, at a rutgers basketball game because i don't think he's going to receive a warm reception from too many people yeah i'm going to be there early but i don't expect to see him but bobby you know this is the interesting thing it's the disconnect between the administration of the university the board of governors the athletic director and the fans and you know i they're if you think of all the different like sub themes that were going on throughout this process early on, it was, how does, how does Pat Hobbs not want Greg? Then all of a sudden the softball scandal hit and people mm-hmm. were like the donors are going to get rid of, you know, uh, of Pat Hobbs and he's going to be gone now and he's disgraced the university and Greg will step right in. Well, Pat didn't disappear. Um, although as people suggested, and as we even said that Greg Brown was able to come in and kind of pull Greg as the the prime candidate, which was obviously not what Pat wanted. But I think mm-hmm. Pat really didn't have a say over who that candidate they were going to focus on was going to be. But the belief that was in there that, you know, Pat was going to disappear somehow and not be part of this process at all really never came to fruition. And no, I- and, you know, you have Greg who's – he's got a full-time job, and it's not like he's, you know, at Rutgers every day rallying these people. Pat Hobbs is there. Uh, I'd be interested to see what he really said to a lot of those board of governors, um, you know, about hiring Greg. I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he was lending some unfavorable words. But here's the thing. People like to think that the board of governors is more in tune than they really are. Mm-hmm. From my experience – these are people who their interest as far as Rutgers is concerned are spread across different things. And right. the, the average board of governor me, governor's member 
really doesn't know much about athletics, doesn't follow athletics that much, and they were more that kind of rubber stamp approval at the end of the process. Mm -hmm. And there's the other piece to it is that I think, and here's here's where the disconnect was, when Pat Hobbs initially came out that he was not that big of a Greg fan, there was this talk that the donors were kind of having an uprising and they were going to push Greg to kind of center stage so that Greg Brown would take the lead and make Greg Schiano the top candidate. Um, I think there was this understanding that that would rise higher up and be of greater uh, and be have greater support within the board of governors. But my talks with people at that level and kind of at that high administrative level over the past couple of weeks suggested that really there was not the same uh, lack of confidence in Pat Hobbs that we're seeing on that kind of that groundswell fan level over here on the message boards and, and such that, you know, I spoke to one person kind of at the top of the Rutgers food chain there, and they were com- basically unaware that people mm-hmm. were unhappy with Pat Hobbs. This person said that Pat is doing a great job, has their full support. This person knows that Greg's going to go out and excuse me, Pat Hobbs is going to go out and get a great uh, candidate. So I guess my takeaway is that you and I, we're seeing it from the fan level, like because that's the people we interact with. We mm-hmm. saw it uh, with uh, the donors that we talked to, um, that kind of Greg Schiano or nothing. Pat Hobbs is the enemy in this. <laughs> you know, he's that evil character in this story. But I don't think that's the top to bottom view. And right. That, I think that's that's the problem. And not that, you know, th- there's not that alignment up the line. Right. And you have Pat Hobbs talking to these, you know, the board of governors and he's politicking with them and he's playing, you know, he's, he's probably, you know, saying what he needs to say to gain their confidence. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those donors just fell off the map completely after this debacle. I mean, um, I'm curious to see what the next few days brings, because there's a lot of unhappy people. And, and when they voice their concerns, um, you know, I, I'm interested to see how, how this will play out, because, you know, there's going to be a, a you know, I, I just can't imagine people being on board with, you know, a mediocre hire after this and and having, you know, Pat Hobbs being able to sell this to fans. Right. Let's go down the line over here a little bit on the stuff from Ted Sherman's article. He said four million over eight years. University offered six. Um, Twenty five point two million guarantee unlimited use of a private jet. Um, my aside here that this private jet got a lot of talk on Twitter and on the message boards. Uh, this is pretty stand. Now, the unlimited part is not standard, but the mm-hmm. use of a private jet is very standard. For example, PJ Fleck gets 60 hours of of, uh, of it. And not sure if Ted Sherman had that down, you know, 100%. That's what it was, unlimited use. But, um, you know, I don't know. Everything I'm looking at over here mm-hmm. um, doesn't seem to be, you know, any, you know, anything outside the realm of what you'd expect elsewhere. And, you know, let's be honest. If um, it comes down to getting the job or not, I, I don't think Greg is going to, you know, walk away from it because there's less hours of unlimited private jet use. I mean, right, uh, let's, right. it, it's going to get a lot of attention because it's just a unique topic. But come on, it's, it's not. And, and, you know, and I think, 
you know, Pat Hobbs and, and company are going to try and throw out some talking points to try and give them credit. But, uh, you know, Greg wouldn't be this invested with his time and come this far in the search if, if he wasn't willing to, to have a, a you know, negotiation process where he might yield some things. Right. So before I let you go here, and I, I don't want to keep you on too long because, look, we have a lot of work to do to try to bring some clarity to where Rutgers is, where they've been, where they're going. But um, I wanted to look at our updated coaching hot board because I have to tell you, we posted it just to get fans talking again, and I don't think fans are too happy. So we're going to quickly go down this. Uh, top up here is the Campanelli brothers. Uh, call it option A, option B, and no particular order. Some people say that Anthony, age 37, linebackers coach at Michigan, might be the one to get the um, the look for the next head coaching position. Um, mm-hmm. You you support you not that you supported that, but you had heard similar. Um, yes, Keith Sargent had posted something on on NJ Advanced Media last night uh, along those same lines. Of course, Nunzio is current interim. He could get a look. Let's just call them the Nunzio Anthony connection because if one comes, odds are the other stays. Um, what do you what do you see as the positive of that? I mean, you know, you, you see a positive of of having a, a stronghold in North Jersey, um, but you don't have any head coaching experience. I mean, Nuns has been there this year as the interim, but you know, he's never run a program from from start like that, and. I mean, you get some guys who are promising young coaches, and I, I think they're both very good assistants. But, you know, it, it takes a, a special kind of person to rebuild this program at Rutgers. And, and you know, Anthony's, you know, a very, you know, he's going to be a hot commodity in the future. But, you know, is he ready to come in and step and take this, this you know, massive rebuild over? Um, I think you would see them really target New Jersey schools and, and really try and lock down the state if that was to be the case. Right. You know, if, right. If they came in, I could see some type of scenario where Anthony would take less money, say if he was the head coach. Nunzio is the offensive coordinator throw a boatload of money at Fran Brown, the current uh, co-defensive coordinator at Temple, who has a lockdown, uh, rumored lockdown, or or he's said to have uh, just a really tight grip on South Jersey recruiting and just try to build this kind of all-star New Jersey cast. Um, Could it work? Possibly. Uh, You know, and and I, I don't see a scenario where Fran Brown would come for that. Um, he's got a good thing going. Why risk it in, in a situation like that with an athletic director like Pat Hobbs? Um, I just, I don't know. I just don't see that one happening. You know, it's interesting because people think of Shiano as locking down New Jersey, and I think he would have. But rumor has it, I've, you know, I've heard that he was really going to kind of take a little bit more of a broad approach this time around, uh, judged on some of his conversations he had with different New Jersey insiders, um, looking down not only to Florida, but some other fertile recruiting grounds. And that, that I think that could have been exciting and uh, could have been pretty interesting. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, he's grown as a, as a recruiter, as a coach since the last time around, has connections in Florida, uh, has the respect of the New Jersey coaches. Uh, I think it would have been a home run. And one of the things, and not to keep jumping back to Greg, is that he was hitting a lot of coaches up uh, just trying to see who's out there um, in the uh, transfer portal and, you know, what, what are the odds that they'd want to come back. And – uh you know, I think hitting that transfer portal hard is going to – whatever person comes in, they're, they're, they need to bring in some reinforcements via that portal. 
Now, you know Rutgers is going to lose guys to the portal, too, so it's going to be even worse. Right. You know, that's something you're going to report on tomorrow, Bobby, but uh, we're not going to name names right now because uh, we want to let the guys hit the portal first. We don't want to out them first, but we've uh, got some news. How, how many guys did you hear about tonight, Bobby, that were— Well, uh, there's a there's a, there's a a few that are that are strongly considered going in tonight. Um a lot of people are considering it and talking to different, um, you know, connections. It's, it's definitely something that a lot of players are entertaining, and I think you're going to see some names hit it this week. Incre- including one person who's a prime player and direct. I mean, all these are in response to the Shiano news, but one in particular who is really looking forward to playing for Shiano. Yeah, and, and you know, the, it, the, it's not been lost on the players what's going on. So um, keep an eye out in the next few days. Right. And that was a oddly quiet on the transfer uh, talk or even with the recruits wavering. Considering all the craziness that's been going on in this program, it, it's been oddly quiet as people have been waiting to see what happens. Yep, and it, that's what it's been the last couple of weeks. You know, we've had that lull. Well, let's go right along um, – I know you like Halfley. Uh, you're a mm-hmm. fan of him. I'm a fan of him. As so, even though Rutgers has already gone the Ohio State defensive coordinator route before, and although Jeff Halfley has no head coaching experience, something that Pat Hobbs is looking for, what do you think about him coming to Rutgers? I think he would be a great coach. Uh, I think he's a great recruiter. Um, judging by the way things have gone down with Shiano, I'm not sure that he would consider it. Um, you know, Rutgers would have to, you know, make him want the job and and he's a guy that's going to have some options he's a dynamic dynamic recruiter went to the nfl had some success coaching developed as a coach there i think whatever program he takes over he's going to do a really good job uh the biggest question is would he come to rutgers and i right now i'd have to say he'd probably pass on it right i i don't think i've known anyone in new jersey since he's you know since i've been covering the, the, the rutgers beat here that has really taken new jersey recruiting the same way as he has and mm-hmm. knowing the importance of recruiting, he's he's definitely somebody I'd keep an eye on. Um, we got Jed Fish over here, age 43, assistant coordinator offensive for the offense, um, Los Angeles Rams. He's somebody who Sargent had in his article last night as, I, I'm not even sure how Keith got this guy's name, but someone Rutgers might be looking at. Any thoughts on him? No, I, I don't know anything about him, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he has no new – I mean, you know, he hasn't been recruiting New Jersey. He's been in the NFL. Uh, he's never been a college head coach. Uh, you talk about left field, uh, this is beyond left field. Well, I think he was interim head coach for one game, UCLA 2017. Now, he has been at the college level. He was an offensive coordinator at UCLA, short time, Miami, and Minnesota. Um, he's a New Jersey uh, native, Hanover Park High School. But – Really not somebody who anyone has ever talked about or mentioned. Boy, we've looked around a lot for New Jersey guys in recent years, and somehow we missed him. But uh, if he's being considered, we're we're definitely going to get to know him some more in the coming weeks. Who was his name again? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Bobby, come on. Jeff, Jed, John, what was his name? We were trying to remember him earlier. Yeah, but... That, that's where we're at right now. I mean, some people right. mentioned Chris Creighton, uh, who's really turned around one of the hardest programs to turn around, Eastern Michigan. But mm-hmm. I call him Greg Schiano light because, you know, he's the Greg Schiano of Eastern Michigan. But that doesn't mean he's going <laughs> to be able to do it over at Rutgers. And, um, <laughs> Who? I'm, <right. laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> more names are going to come up. You know what? That's not the, the point of this conversation. It's more just 
little fallout of the Shiano situation. Folks, uh-huh. we're going to bring you more. ScarletNation.com. Head over to the Roundtable VIP message board. We're going to clue you in on the past, present, future of Rutgers sports as we just untangle everything that's going on here and look ahead and uh, hope some better days are on the future. And, uh, Bobby, you know what? Ryan Hart put that tweet out, and sounds like he wants to get the ball rolling. Could this be? Uh, could there be a chance that they pull Shiano back in here? Uh, you know, it, never rule anything out. I mean, if, if if player support, fan support, donor support, you know, if, if they put their heads together and do enough, you know, somebody's going to have to listen. So um, keep your eyes open in the next few days. Hey, and I'll see everybody at the Rutgers basketball game on Tuesday. Looking to be a horrible game, but if Pat Hobbs shows up, oh, I could be sweet. And on behalf of everybody from Scarlet Nation, we want to thank you so much for being part of our community. We'll all talk to you soon.